Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. Okay, folks, uh, good morning. It's good to see each of you here today. Uh, some of you, I can see you jumping around a little bit. Others are uh, still, but uh, irregardless, we know we're together for the purpose of seeking the Lord to uh, be able to just draw near to him through his word. And to do that effectively, we need to pray. Uh, but as we pray, uh, Doug was sharing uh, that his daughter-in-law, Sharon, uh, has been fighting a tremendous Can you hear me, Doug? Can you, you all can hear me? Yes? Okay, good. Okay. I can't hear Doug, but that's okay. So we're good, as long as you can hear me. So we want to pray um, for Doug's daughter-in-law, Sharon. She's been fighting a, a battle with cancer and has been a long one. And uh, it, it seems to be getting closer to the Lord calling her home. And also, uh, Doug was also saying, a good friend of his, John Marshall, his mother passed. Uh, so let's just take a moment as we're praying for the word. Let's pray for these two situations as well. Okay, so let's, let's pray. Father, we know there's power in prayer. We don't understand every little detail, how you work, Lord, but we know when we come in faith, something happens when we pray. And Father, we just want to come and, and just encircle Sharon, Lord, that she literally could feel these prayers this morning and Betsy uh, that they could know, Lord, that you are in that room. Uh, we just pray, Lord, and we thank you for your grace that's going to be right there with them. Uh, we just pray, Lord, just, just be very present. Let your spirit move in that situation. And Father, we also lift up um, John Marshall in the loss of his mother, Lord, that you would also be a comfort to him uh, at this point, Lord. You are the resurrection of the life. And Lord, who knows what else is going on on the screen? Uh, with other needs in each one of the, the body here, Lord. Uh, Lord, whether it's health, whether it's family, uh, whether it's some kind of a financial bind, I just lift each one on the screen that the power of your presence, Lord, would come and rest on each of us in a fresh way. Father, we thank you for Hebrews 11, a tremendous chapter on faith. So, Father, breathe on these words. Make them alive. Uh, I pray you'd apply them individually to each of us. Uh, in the specific needs, uh, Lord, that we might have. So we thank you ahead of time, Lord, for what you are doing and going to do. And it's in your name we pray, Lord. Amen. Amen. I forgot to ask you to stretch. So stretch a bit. Uh, you can use this to praise the Lord. You can use it to wake up, whatever you need to do. Uh, so let's read in the New Testament. We're out of Leviticus. We're in the New Let's read Hebrews 11, then uh, we'll look at it in detail. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the men of old gained approval. By faith, we understand that the worlds 
were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained the testimony that he was righteous, God testifying about his gifts. And through faith, though he's dead, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. And he was not found because God took him up. For he obtained the witness that before his being taken up, he was pleasing to God. Key verse here in six. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned by God about things not yet seen, in reverence prepared an ark for the salvation of his household by which he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he lived as an alien in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. For he was looking for the city which has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, even Sarah herself received ability to conceive even beyond the proper time of life, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, also, there was born a one man, and him as good as dead. At that, as many descendants as the stars of heaven in number, and innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. All these died in faith, without receiving the promises, but having seen them, and having welcomed them from a distance, and having confessed that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For those who say such things, make it clear that they are seeking a country of their own. And indeed, if they had been thinking of that country from which they went out, they would have opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was offering up his only begotten son. It was he to whom it was said, and Isaac, your descendants, shall be called. He considered that God is able to raise men even from the dead, from which he also received him back as a type. And you get just in this, this, this repeated thing, just hear it each time as I say, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau, even regarding things to come. By faith, Jacob, as he was dying, blessed each of his sons of Joseph and worshiped leaning on the top of his stand. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the exodus of the sons of Israel and gave orders concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to endure ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. 
considering the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking for the reward. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is unseen. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood, so that he who destroyed the firstborn might not touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as though they were passing through dry land, and the Egyptians, when they attempted it, were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab the harlot did not perish along with those who were disobedient after she had welcomed the spies in peace. And what more shall I say? For time will fail me if I tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David, and Samuel and the prophets, who by faith, conquered kingdoms, performed acts of righteousness, obtained promises, shut the mouth of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, from weakness were made strong, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received both their dead by resurrection, and others were tortures in accepting their release not accepting their release, in order that they might attain a better resurrection. And others experienced mockings and scourging, yes, also chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were tempted. They were put to death of the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, ill-treated. Men and women whom the world was not worthy wandering in the deserts and mountains and caves and holes in the ground. And all these, having gained approval through their faith, did not receive what was promised, because God had provided something better for us, so that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. Wow, that's a mouthful. And I think you've heard the refrain all through Hebrews 11, by faith, by faith by faith, by faith. It is literally the faith chapter in the entire Bible. So today, uh, I'd like us to look at five different things that uh, were lifted up to me as I was looking at Hebrews 11. Number one, what is the importance of faith? Uh, number two, what exactly is faith? Three, uh, biblical examples in Hebrews 11 as people exercised faith. Uh, four, getting a little bit more practical, how is your faith doing? And last is, how can I increase my faith? So that's where we're going today. Um, so let's jump in. First one uh, is the importance, the importance of faith. There's a verse in the Bible. Uh, it says this, the righteous will live by faith. Okay. Those that are righteous, those that have a right relationship with God will live by faith. I want you to see that specific verse is written four times in four different places in the Bible. The righteous shall live by faith. That's found in the Old Testament the book of Habakkuk 2.4. It's found in Romans 1.17 uh, and Galatians 3.11 and Hebrews 10.38. The exact same verse repeated four times. From what I can see, if God writes something once in the Bible, 
it's important. Obviously, anything we find in the book is important. But if God emphasizes it four distinct times, I think what he's doing is he's putting an exclamation after that verse and saying, hey, this is extremely important to your Christian walk. It's not an option. It's not peripheral. It is literally central to our walk with Christ, this idea of faith. And I think what God says, have faith, he's saying it, uh, that we're to exercise faith in all areas of our Christian walk. We're to exercise faith as we process our finances. Talk about tithing. We're to process our health. We're to walk by faith, trusting God to sustain us physically. To walk by faith in our relationships with other people. We're to walk by faith in our area of ministry. Uh, it's really important. Faith is so central uh, that it says here in Hebrews 11.6, get this, without faith, listen carefully what the, what the Lord is saying, without faith, it's impossible to please it. Now, I believe you and I, uh, if we really love the Lord, which I think you folk do, if we really love him, you want to please him. You want to please somebody that you love and care for. So God says, if you want to please me, if you want to put a smile on my face, if you want to bring joy to my heart, please exercise faith in me. Uh, and I believe, uh, what does that look like? Well, uh, I think that means exercising faith that you believe there's God. Okay. Uh, it's impossible to please him. You first have to believe that he is. Okay. Uh, I think secondly, not only are we called to believe that there is a God, we need to believe that he is who he describes himself to be in the scriptures. In other words, we need to believe his character. And that's spelled out all through the Bible, that he's loving, he's good, he's kind, he has all knowledge, he is wise, he's sovereign, he's holy, he's gracious, he's merciful, all these attributes. So we need to believe there is a God. We need to believe that the Bible describes who he is. And also, not only do we need to believe who he is, and his character, we need to believe the words that he says, okay? We need to believe uh, that when he says something, he is literally going to fulfill what he says. God's not a liar. So, for instance, if he says, and if you would turn a little later uh, in Hebrews 13, he said, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. Then God says, I want you to believe that. I am a truthful God. I don't lie. Believe my character, believe my words. So faith really undergirds pretty much our walk. Another word I think that you could use for faith would be the word trust. To trust. Maybe that's a little bit even a little easier to grab that word than the word faith. Trust is just kind of sitting down, like I, I sit in the chair. I'm trusting that it's going to hold me up. It's leaning into, it's uh, resting on who God is. So it's having faith, having trust. Actually, the only definition specifically we have of faith is found here in Hebrews 1. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not yet seen. So what is faith? It's an assurance in your heart. It's a conviction in your heart. 
that if God says something's going to happen to you, it's a done deal. It's almost like in the present, you have it because you're so sure that if God says something, you know he'll keep his word. So faith is is radical. uh, And very clearly, the Lord says, I want you to trust me unconditionally at all times in all areas of your life. So that's the importance uh, of faith. Uh, We've also seen, you know, what is faith? It's trust. Uh, But what we look at here now is examples. How how is faith actually lived out in everyday life? And I think here, uh, Hebrews 11 gives us many illustrations of how faith is exercised in a very practical kind of way. Uh, Let me give you a couple of illustrations. If you look at verse 7, by faith. Noah, being warned by God about things not yet seen, in reverence prepared an ark for the salvation of his household, by which he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. God told Noah, hey, you better build an ark because I'm going to send rain. I'm going to send a flood. It's going to wipe out the world. And I'm asking you to do that. Now, think about that. Uh, Kathy and I went out. Uh, just this past year, uh, and went to Kentucky and saw literally the reproduction of this ark. It's like built to scale, uh, probably about 50 feet high, about a uh, football field and a half long. It's a big deal. Amazing if you've never had a chance to see it. God tells Noah, go build this. He had not seen all these rain before. He's building it in the middle of dry land, I'm sure people are mocking him, laughing and saying, you're some kind of loony, crazy man. What, what are you doing? You're building this ark. There's no water. I mean, the pressure to cave in would have been immense. But Noah heard God. And because God spoke it deep in his heart, Noah had an assurance, as it says here in Hebrews 11.1. He had a conviction that God indeed was going to do it. And guess what? Because he trusted God and he trusted the word of God. The flood came, and he and his family were saved, but the rest of the world was wiped out. That's an illustration of faith. Let me give you another one. Abraham, if you look at eight. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance. He went out, not knowing where he was going. I mean, this is kind of wild. God says to Abraham, just leave your home. Uh, and I think if uh, that was said to me, I'd say, okay, Lord, where are we headed here? Uh, where's the destination? And God really didn't give him a destination. He just basically, I want you to leave. You start walking, and I'm going to guide you step by step by step by step. And if you're like me, I want the long-range plan. Lord, give me all the details. It'll be good. And God says many times, I'm not giving you the long-range plan. I just want you to walk day by day, putting your trust in me. And that's what Abraham had to do. Uh, Basically, he just trusted. Okay, Lord, you said, leave. I've heard you. I'm going to do what you've asked me to do. That's faith in action. Now, also, uh, his wife, Sarah, Now we do see different things. If you look at the story, Sarah wavered at times in faith. Uh, Abraham at times wavered in faith. But I think, basically, they worked through their doubts. They worked through their unbelief and came to a point of faith as they kind of processed 
uh, their doubts and their struggles. Because it says here in regards to Sarah, Abraham's wife, 11, by faith, even Sarah herself received ability to conceive. Okay, she's an older lady in her 90s. Ladies, you don't have a baby in your 90s. You just don't do it. But God said, if I want it to happen, it's going to happen. So it says here, by faith, even Sarah herself received ability to conceive, even beyond the proper time of life. Here is the key thing. Since she considered him, who God faithful, who had promised. In other words, Sarah said, God, you have promised. It makes no sense to my logic. It makes no sense to my reason. But you've said it. And God, if you said it, I'm going to believe it. I am going to consider you faithful. And I think there's the challenge to us. Do we believe that? Do we believe God is faithful, that if he says something in the Bible, that indeed he will do it in his time and his way, but he will do it. She considered him faithful, that he would follow through. And maybe God has spoken some promise into your spirit and heart. And God, if he's, in a sense, you've been conceiving something in you, almost like a, a woman that conceives a child early on, and you carry that child, uh, and then eventually the child is born. It's like, it's almost like a promise. God conceives it in us, and it grows in us. And then at some point when he knows is right, it, the promise gives birth. It actually happens. And Sarah believed, yes, God said it. It's going to happen. Now, talking about tests of faith, if you look at Abraham, we're back to him. Look at verse 17. I mean, Abraham's faith and Sarah's faith were stretched tremendously. They waited 25 years for God to fulfill the promise that he had given them. That's a long time, folks. So Isaac is very dear to them. They waited 25 years for this kid. But look what God does. He allows a major test. And to say that God never tests his people, that's not true. He does. And God does test us to deal with issues in our life and to strengthen us and make us stronger in our faith, in our perseverance, in our love, in our forgiveness, whatever. But notice this tremendous test, eleven seventeen By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. God basically told Abraham, I want you to take Isaac. I want you to take him to Moriah. I want you to sacrifice him. And I think everything uh, in Abraham would be shaking his head like, you've got to be kidding. I waited 25 years for this kid. No way I'm doing that. But he knew God had spoke. So he knew he, he had to do it. He must have had some level of conflict within himself if he was human in any way, shape, or form. The only way... Abraham could make sense. Okay, God, you said you'd give me a kid, a child, but you're telling me to kill him. So if we look further, uh, basically, uh, he believed that God, if he killed the child, would actually raise him from the dead. Uh, if you look at verse 19, he considered that God is able to raise men even from the dead, from which he also received him back as a type. So Abraham didn't really have to actually kill him, but he was ready. The knife was up and God said, nope, I see that you trust me. And it didn't happen. Talking about a battle and a testing of our faith. There's a big, big illustration. I think that's why Abraham's called literally 
uh, the father of the faith for the Old Testament and the New. There's the ultimate act of faith of being willing to do what God asked you to do when it made no sense. But he trusted God and he was rewarded. Now, not only um, did this happen to Abraham, look at 20 uh, and 21. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau, even regarding things to come. So they believed that God was going to get them to the promised land some way, shape, or form. God had said it. And Isaac blessed his kids because he knew things were going to be coming. He knew there was going to be a liberation. Uh, if you look at 21, by faith, Jacob, as he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshiped leaning on top of a stand. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the exodus of the sons of Israel and gave orders concerning his bones. All these had not experienced getting out of Egypt and going to the promised land, but they believed, they believed it was going to happen even if they didn't see it at that point in time. Another illustration of faith is Moses, if you look at 24. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to endure in treatment with, ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Uh, and I like verse 27. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is unseen. There's a key verse about faith. How did Moses go through all the struggles and the trials? He endured as seeing him who is unseen. There's the challenge of, of our faith. We don't have a, a, a living Christ that we can see with our eyes or a Christ that we can touch with our hands. The God we trust in is invisible. And you might say, that's that's a challenge. A lot of people over the years in, in ministry I've had, they've come, how do I learn to trust a God I can't see or touch or hear? Moses developed that intimate walk with God so that he was so close to God that the invisible was as real as the visible. Now, there's a challenge. That we're so close to God that the invisible God becomes as real or more real than the visible world that we can see with our eyes, hear with our ears, and touch with our hands. So Moses endured, uh, it says, seeing the unseen. He exercises faith too, uh, 28. By faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood so that he who destroyed the firstborn might not touch them. God said to Moses, hey, put blood over the doorposts because there's a destroying angel. And if you don't, the Israelites are going to wipe out. And Moses said, okay, God, if you said it, I may not understand it, but I'm putting the blood, which actually represents the blood of Christ and salvation in a Old Testament type and form. Moses believed if God said it, I need to do it. And guess what? The angel of death passed over Israel because Moses had done what God told him to do. Uh, there's another thing that Moses did. 29, by faith, they passed through the Red Sea as though they were passing through dry land. And the Egyptians, when they attempted it, were drowned. I mean, if you study that Old Testament passage, the Israelites are literally in a jam. The Egyptians are pursuing them. 
There's water here, the Red Sea. They're in the middle of this. If they go toward Egypt, they're going to be slaughtered. If they walk into the Red Sea, they're going to drown. I mean, it's a mess. The people were freaking out. But Moses trusted. God said, I want you to lift up your staff, and I'm going to open the Red Sea. And Moses exercised faith because he could have lost it there, too. He could have rebelled. He could have been overwhelmed by the people. No, but he kept his eyes on the Lord. He did what he was told, lifted up the stamp, and the Red Sea opened, all because Moses exercised faith. Um, it's not here, but it's interesting to me. Uh, the Israelites were told, okay, when you get out of Egypt, I'm going to lead you through the wilderness. And when I, you get out of the wilderness, I'm going to bring you to a promised land. It's going to be an amazing, amazing, amazing place. Just trust me. Israelites, I'm going to meet your every need in the wilderness. I'll supply the food. I'll supply the water. I'll supply the clothes. I'll supply the shoes. I'll guide you with a cloud. Just, just trust me. That's what God was basically saying. Trust me. And if you look at the Israelites, and I grant you, uh, it was challenging. They believed God was going to give them water. They came to a place of water when they're very thirsty. They're, they're ready to drink. Thank you, God, for supplying it. It's salty. They can't drink it. They freak out. Uh, and God says, throw something into the water, and he purifies it. But what God is saying for the Israelites, trust me. You may not understand everything. Please trust me. And they wouldn't. They murmured. They complained. And because they didn't trust God, because of unbelief, they wandered 40 years in the desert. And sometimes we can wander in a wilderness in a desert because we lose our trust in God and we, we, we get lost and we just wander around uh, because, in a sense, we've lost our faith. But eventually, uh, God has mercy. After 40 years, he brings him into the promised land. As he does that, uh, he tells Joshua, Moses' right-hand man, to do something really weird and strange. Uh, look at verse 30. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. God told Joshua, I want you to go into Jericho. I mean, it's a big walled city, impregnable. Because I just basically want you to walk around each day, walk around Jericho. Do it for six days. And on the seventh day, I want you to walk around and I want you to blow the trumpets. <clears throat> and guess what? The walls are going to come down. Now, I think when God told Joshua that, he'd probably scratch his head and say, <clears throat> <clears throat> excuse me, that's a weird strategy, Lord. That makes no sense. We're going to shout and walls are going to come down. But again, Joshua was, was so close to the Lord that even though it didn't make sense, and sometimes in our life, things are not going to make sense. He trusted that if God told him to do it, that God would do what he said he would do. And guess what? The walls did fall down. <clears throat> so faith makes a difference. Look at verse 32. And what more shall I say? For time will fail me if I tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets. He's talking about the great deeds that they did. 
who by faith conquered kingdoms. Okay, David definitely did that. They perform acts of righteousness. They obtained promises. They shut the mouth of lions. Who's that? Daniel, okay. He had faith when he was thrown in the lion's den that God would protect him, okay. <clears throat> they quenched the power of fire. Uh, verse 34, that's the story. Uh, and Daniel of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, basically they were told to fall down and worship an image uh, that King Nebuchadnezzar told them to do. Uh, and they basically said, we're not going to do it, King. Not at all. Uh, and <clears throat> they were threatened, if you don't, we're going to throw you in a fire. You're going to burn up and incinerate. <clears throat> Excuse me. And if you look at Daniel 3, 16 to 18, it says, uh, they said this, God is able to deliver, but if he's not able to deliver, we will not to deny our faith. God did deliver them. They said, okay, God, you can do it. But even if you don't, we're keeping our faith in you. Tremendous illustration of faith. They quenched the power of fire. They escaped the edge of the sword. From weakness were made strong. They became mighty in war. There's David again, this defeating Goliath. If you want to see faith in action, this little pipsqueak of a, a young man overthrows Goliath, a mighty, mighty big warrior. How? Through faith. They put foreign armies to flight. <clears throat> but, you know, if we exercise faith, that doesn't always mean we're going to see miracles and we're not always going to be delivered the way Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were. Look at verse 35. Yes, the last part of miracles. Uh, women receive back their dead by resurrection. But look at this. If you have faith, that doesn't always mean you're going to be delivered. Look what happened here. Others were tortured, not accepting their release, in order that they might obtain a resurrection. And others experienced mockings and scourging. Yes, also chains and imprisonment. It's not always easy to be a Christian. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were tempted. They were put to death with the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute afflicted, ill-treated, men of whom the world was not worthy, wandering in deserts and mountains and caves and holes in the ground. All these, having gained approval, how? Through their faith. Those that saw miracles, God said, amazing, you believe me. You believe me, Joshua, that the walls would fall down. Praise, praise you. Joshua, amazing. You believe me. And others, when they were being persecuted and beaten and sometimes killed, trusted God and they were not delivered. And God said, praise you, amazing that you exercised faith. You exercised faith in me. So fourth point here. So what about your faith? How are you doing in the journey of faith? I'm sure I don't ask you believe God exists. Yeah, but but do you really believe? And here's the one that I have to wrestle with. Do you really believe in God's character? I chew on this a little bit somewhere after the sub. Do you really believe that God is loving and good all the time? Let me say it again. Do you believe that God is <clears throat> good and loving all the time, irregardless of the circumstances? 
<clears throat> and that's a major challenge. Major challenge when you're going through hard times, the lights go out and you're walked and you're suffering. Can we still believe God is loving and good, that he's working a good plan, even though we may not see it? Study the life of Joseph in the Old Testament. What a story of faith. A whole part of his life, most of his life, didn't make any sense to the very end. But Joseph trusted God and never threw in the towel. So how are we doing? Do we believe in God's character? Do we believe in Hebrews 11.6? God is a rewarder of those who seek him. Do you believe that if you seek God with all your heart, he's going to let you find him and he'll show you more and more and more and more of who he is? God says, I'll reward you. If you seek me, it's not wasted. If you seek me, I'll let you find me and you'll see me in increasing measures. Let me ask you a question <clears throat> before I go to the very end. And Kathy had this in her group last night. And I thought it was something I needed to chew on. And here's, here's some homework. Here's the question. What stops you from fully trusting in the Lord? Think about that. What stops you, what stops me from fully, and that's the key word, fully trusting, not just trusting, but fully trusting. And I think the thing that for many of us, it's just sometimes life doesn't make sense. And it seems that God seems to be contradicting himself. Uh, I think circumstances can really sometimes put doubts in our hearts about who God really is. But I don't know what it is for you, but ask that question of yourself. What stops me from fully putting my trust in the Lord? And the last thing is this. <clears throat> if you say, Pastor John, my faith is okay, but I want it to be stronger. I know that I waver at times. I know I'm wrestling with doubt. I, I need a stronger faith. How do I get it? And the Bible is very clear. Uh, there's three ways, I think, to strengthen your faith. Number one is to get this book and read it. It says this, he, uh, Romans 10, 17. So faith comes how? By hearing and hearing by the word of God. How does faith come? Faith comes. Do you need faith? Faith comes. How does faith come? Faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing how? By reading the word of God. If you want your faith to be increased, read the word of God. Don't just read it intellectually. Begin to memorize the word of God. Begin to meditate upon it. Be, just begin to savor it. Read it very slowly. Ask the Holy Spirit to quicken the word. Make it a living thing to you. Uh, the word of God begins to birth faith in us as we go deeper and deeper and deeper into it. So if you want a greater faith, read more and more of the word of God. Secondly, if you want more faith, keep your eyes on Jesus. It says this in Hebrews 12, 2. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. So as you look to Jesus, you came to faith. You were born again. You were saved. Jesus authored your faith. But guess what? Not only does he get your faith rolling, it says he's the author, but he's the perfecter of faith. In other words, if we keep studying the life of Jesus, if we read the Gospels and we study them over and over, we see how Jesus lived. We see how he walked with the Father. 
we see how he exercised faith in the Father. And as we keep seeing him as our example, he begins to perfect our faith and get it stronger and stronger and stronger. So if you want your faith to be perfected, keep looking at Jesus. Keep looking at his example. Read the stories of how he walked through his life in faith. And the last, if you want to have your faith strengthened, I love this one. Psalm 910 says this, those who know thy name will put their trust in thee. Those who know thy name, thy name represents the character of a person. Those who know the character of God, and the word know is a, is a word of intimacy. Not those that know about God, those who know God, those who built a relationship with God, who have had an intimate fellowship with him as the years go on and on and on and on. Those who know God, those who know his character, will put their trust in thee. In a sense, you don't have to worry about your trust, your faith. You just got to get to know God at deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper levels. And the more you know him, automatically trust comes in the back door. So in a sense, we don't seek trust. We seek to know God. And the more I know him, the more I'll trust him. And that's pretty much the way it is, I think, in human uh, interactions. The more I know you, the more I know if you're reliable and if you're faithful, if you're consistent, the more I know about you, the more I have the ability to either, yeah, hey, this person is, is faithful, they're trustworthy, I can trust them totally, or other people can say, no, I can't trust them because they, you know they say they're going to show up at a certain time, they never show up, uh, they're unreliable. Uh, so I think what God's saying here is if you know me, if you develop a relationship with me, you'll see that I'm faithful, that I'm reliable, that I'm loving, that I'm good, that I know everything, I'm all wise, I'm sovereign, and I will always, always, always do what's best for you in every single situation. So if we want a greater trust, we need to get a deeper intimacy with God and know him, not just in our brains and intellect, but know him in the depths of our hearts. So let's talk to the good Lord as we wrap up. Lord, we thank you for this amazing chapter. And we know, Lord, you're shouting through the, the, the verses. You're just shouting by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. The just shall live by faith. By faith, we please you, Lord. By faith, we put a smile on your, your face, Lord. So I pray for each of my brothers and sisters. Lord, we pray, help us to get to know you more and more and more as we read your word. And Father, we thank you the more we know you, the more our faith will get stronger and stronger. And the more we know you, Lord, the more we're going to be able to trust you when the trials come in and the waves come bashing against our lives, Lord. The more we know you, we'll know you even can bring good out of the struggles and the trials. So, Lord, I just pray that you would strengthen my brothers and sisters and myself, Lord, as we read your word, as we study how you walked this life, Lord, in faith. And, Lord, ultimately, as we just keep getting closer to you, getting to know you, not just in the morning devotion, not just when we shut our eyes, but, Lord, walking with you all day long, interacting with you, Lord, all day long. 
because you are the constant companion that goes with us. So Lord, put your blessing on each of us today. Make us a blessing to others we come in contact with. And Father, we ask these things in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. Amen. Brothers and sisters, have a great day. Walk in faith, and may the Lord bless you. Great to be with you.